my wife and I have been part of Victory. Well, actually been with Pastors Billy Joe and Sharon. This November will be 41 years. So we've seen all the growth. And we've, we've traveled the journey with them. And now with Pastors Paul and Ashley. And to see what God has done here, it amazes me that when my wife and I just started volunteering and helping at the church, the church exploded. And at that time, they were pastoring Sheridan Christian Center at 205 South Sheridan. And we had heard about this new church that was starting and this new pastor. And the church wasn't starting, but the new pastor. And I was one denomination. My wife was another. And for the first two years, we were married. We went to different churches. I would drop her off, and I would go to mine. And So... I mean, she was Catholic and I was Baptist, okay? All right, I'll just. <laughs> she thought the Baptists were way too radical, <laughs> way too loud. And I, man, I just couldn't kneel anymore when I would go to up and down, up and down, up and down. I just couldn't do that. And so we began to pray, Lord, show us and, and, and direct us to a church that we could worship together. And we had heard about this new pastor taking over. There at Sheridan. And I had heard for the first time in my life, the word of God came alive to me. And it began to change my life because I saw that it was so rich. And as, I, as we studied and as we learned and as we learned about the Holy Spirit and, and how he's there to guide us and, and direct us and to comfort us and to live through us, it changed our life. And it's never been the same. And that church continued to explode. In fact, they had to add a second service because the auditorium seated about 500. And it was kind of built in the neighborhood. And so, you know, so they had to build this or start a second service. Then they added a third service. Then they added a fourth service. And that one o'clock service, Pastor Billy Joe had to sit on a stool because he's preaching his fourth service that day. And then he did two evening services. The church was exploding. And the board, they, they were saying, well, let's, you know, let's sell this property and because we, we have to expand because the neighbors, I mean, literally they were gridlocking neighborhoods. And, and, and people were parking in front of people's drives and people were getting upset. And so pastor said, you know, we, we, have to, we have to enlarge our tent. And so many words, prophetic words were coming forth. Enlarge your tent. Lengthen your stakes. And so as he went to the board and the board wasn't having it. Man, they love that. You know, they love that building. Sometimes people see the church as a building. And they weren't having it. And I remember I was, I was the athletic director there. We had 38 sports teams as we started Victor Christian School. And we launched. Pastor never did anything small. He launched. We're, 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 we're starting Victor Christian School. And we want a full athletic program. Now, we don't have any athletic facilities and I coached the varsity baseball team, and we're taking ground balls out on the parking lot because we didn't have any grass. And we had to rent facilities everywhere. And so to see what God has done here is truly, truly a miracle. You are setting in a miracle. Thank you, Lord. You know, as Pastor Billy Joe began to, you know, as he was studying over at ORU, he was in a class. And in that class, they, you know, they, they said, design the perfect church. 
to draw what's in your heart. And as pastor began to draw out, he basically then designed victory. And as he began to design the church, he said, I see a church that'll impact the world. I see a Christian camp on the lake where we can have kids that would never have the opportunity to go to camp, that they could come because he saw the impact that camps make in, the, in children's lives. And he began to release his faith. And as he began to draw those things out, we're living in that miracle today because he saw this building. He saw the things of a Christian school. He saw in his heart exactly everything that God was putting in his heart. And he began to grow his faith to be able to release it, to carry out God's plan. And here's the thing about faith. Because the Bible's very clear and it says, it says, all things are possible to you who what? can believe. How many times you hear people say, oh, man, I can't believe that. Oh, I could never do that. Oh my gosh. You know, they, 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 they sense God speaking something to them, but they could never do that because they instantly cancel it out. They instantly stop it in their mind, in their heart. Or, or they say, man, that must be the pizza I ate last night. That couldn't be God. There's no way I could do that. I don't have the education. I don't have the money. I don't have the resources. But as my wife and I begin to attach ourselves to the church, and as we begin to step out and to do the things that God was saying, we were watching the church. And as the church grew, we grew. And the opportunities there were to sow and to give, because my wife was Catholic, okay? They gave a dollar in the offering. I mean, that's what she was taught. I mean, just give a dollar. And I was Baptist, and Baptist what? They always, man, they are tithers. Man, they got that locked in. But the over and above and, and how the kingdom operates financially was still a mystery to me. But yet I was hearing for the first time in my life, this pastor beginning to share vision and beginning to impart God's plan. And as we begin to attach ourselves to that and begin to give what little we had, just being married, going to school, but we heard for the first time about giving offerings and about, about being generous. And I remember Pastor Billy Joe sitting in a service in the very, well, we were meeting at the Mavy Center. And he said he'd just come back from a meeting with Brother Roberts, or Roberts University. And he said, we have, we have come to an agreement that we're able to purchase the land that we're sitting on right now for three and a half million dollars. Man, our congregation, wow. Because see, we had, if you knew the journey that we'd been, I mean, we, had, we went from 205 South Sheridan to the Assembly Center at that time to a car dealership converted into a church, to a tent, because continually we were outgrowing the auditoriums. And as a result, I mean, so, so we needed our own place, and then we began to meet in the Maybe Center for years. And then God spoke to him that we're to build our own facility here. And Brother Robert said, I'll sell it to you for three and a half million dollars. Man, he announced it to our congregation and everybody erupted. Praise God. The next week, pastor came back and told our congregation, ladies and gentlemen, I got a call from Brother Roberts and apparently his board is not in agreement to sell this property. And he told the board, he said, but I, I've already given my word. And his board said, well, you need to get out of that because we don't sell property. They're not making any more of that. 
And so they wanted to keep it. But Brother Roberts went to Pastor Billy Joe and he said, listen, I'm a man of my word. And here's what I've sensed from the Lord. And this is what, if you're in agreement, this is what we'll do. And he said, I feel to offer you this property, but to give you seven months to pay for it. In seven months, you have to pay, you, the, the property's three and a half million, and you have to pay cash. You can't borrow the money. And if you're able to do that, my board will know it's God. I will know it's God. You will know it's God. To raise three and a half million dollars cash in seven months. The pastor said, I'll take it. So he came back to our congregation and he announced what the plan was. And then he says this. We have $700,000 that's taken us four years to raise. 700,000. And we have seven months to raise three and a half million. And at that time, that was larger than the entire church budget. And we've got to raise three and a half million over our church budget. See, it seems impossible. How could that be? And this is what pastor said. I feel what we have in our hand is not enough. And I feel we're to, to sow that 700,000 as seed for the three and a half million. All of a sudden, all of the air was sucked out of the Maybe Center. <gasps> what? Are you insane, people said. There were people even left the church mad. Well, I gave part of that 700,000. Bless God, man, giving it away. There ain't no way. He's not hearing straight. Here's the principle. He said, if you need a big miracle, you sow a big seed. My wife and I grabbed hold of that. And we were just, we were employed, we were helping with the church. And, and I mean, people, I mean, over that seven months, it came down to literally the final week. And then three days, and then two days before the deadline. And we're still several hundred thousand dollars short, hundreds of thousands short. But the money kept coming in. The money kept coming in. And he continued to declare his faith and continued to speak forth the word of God. And we, my wife and I, emptied our bank accounts as well as so many other families and so many other people. To see the miracle come to pass. Because here's the principle. It's not just the miracle for the church. Who is the church? So therefore the miracle applies to you. And that when you connect. When you participate in God's plan. And you participate in what he wants to do. There's nothing impossible to you. Because if you can believe, okay, now think about that. If you can believe all things, say all things, will be possible to you. If you can believe. If you can believe. If you can believe. So what's the issue here? The issue is about growing your faith. So that you can increase your ability to believe. If you increase your ability to believe, nothing will be impossible to you. Nothing. You see, that's God's plan. And as we saw the church explode, we just attached ourselves to it. 
And we begin to continue to sow. But guess what happened? We begin to grow financially as well. Opportunities begin to come our way. Blessings begin to come our way. And it was an amazing, amazing venture and journey that we were on. Because we saw as the church grew, we grew. And so as they continue to buy land, we continue to sow, we continue to give, we continue to be a part of it. You see, if you're a, in partnership, that means that you're a part of it. You're included in the blessing of it. And that's the principle of God. When you connect with what God is doing, you actually partner with God. And over the years, we, as, as you heard Pastor Paul say, we, we moved to Russia that the Lord had spoken to Pastor Billy Joe to go for 18 months to give a week out of his schedule to go to St. Petersburg, Russia. And we helped coordinate that in an auditorium that seated 22,000 people. And in that place, I mean, people would pour in. We did seven meetings. And Power, Pastor and Billy Joe and Sharon would give up a week out of their month. They would fly to Russia after the Sunday service and arrive there on Tuesday. And we would do a Tuesday night meeting, two meetings, 11 and a 7 Wednesday, 11 and 7 Thursday, 11 and 7 Friday. They would get on the plane Saturday, fly all through the night, and then be right here in service. I mean, it was an amazing, amazing opportunity window that God had opened. He had opened this window. And it was there in Russia that a real miracle happened in my life. Because see, I'm just a business guy. My wife and I, we just went to help. We were just gonna go help, you know? I mean, pastors, you know, we had teams going every month. And so we just said, you know what, we'll go to help. And so on, on you know, so we just went to help them. And, and, I, and I, we gave Bibles out at all the services. And so we would, we would kind of give Bibles out different ways because there were so many people. You're talking about 22,000 people exiting an arena who want those Bibles. Because you're talking about a country that had just been closed up for decades. And so we're giving out a free Bible to everybody. And so they would try to circle around. They would knock down the barriers to try to get more. And so I, I came up on the platform and, and, you know, sat next to Pastor Billy Joe. And I gave him the note because I was just helping coordinate the Bible distribution. And so I gave him this note that's, that, that gave him the instruction on how to give Bibles out. We were going to do it at the end of the service so he could then communicate that. And as, and as I'm sitting there next to Pastor, I hear him say these words. Pastor Sharon was singing on stage. And he says, when Sharon finishes her song... I want you to preach for about 15 minutes. I don't think anything about it because I think he's talking to the crusade director behind me. And see, you have to understand, I was so shy. I mean, literally. I mean, how many of you think you're shy here in the auditorium? Could I just see your hands? Some of you are too shy to even raise your hand. I mean, I'm telling you, I don't care how shy and insecure you are, I was worse. They wrote the book on me, okay? They established that term, talking about me. I would, in school, you know, when we'd have to give an oral report, I would, I would write out a note and say it was from my mother and said, Terry can't talk in class today because he has a sore throat. And I would take it to my teacher. <coughs> And I would hand it to my teacher. She would read it. Oh, I'm so sorry, Tara. Okay, you don't have to talk. You can do it next week. Next week, I'm writing another note. Because it nauseated me to talk in public. I mean, it, it literally nauseated me. So here, I'm up on the platform. And I hear pastor say these words. When Sharon finishes her song, I want you to preach for about 15 minutes. Man. He didn't give him any time to prepare or anything, you know. I'm thinking of the crusade guy behind me. And so I turn around to kind of laugh at him a minute. And, 
there's nobody there. And then it hits me. He's talking about me. And about that time, Pastor Sharon finished her song. Pastor hits me on the back and says, go get him, big guy. My first response was to run. I mean, to jump off the platform or something, man. Just like make up something later. But here's something that I learned through that experience. I learned, and I had already told God, whatever you ask me to do, I will do it. Whatever you ask me to do, I'll do it. So that, that thought came to my mind, okay? Go get him, big guy. I stood up. All the blood goes to my feet. My head goes numb. For, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking the truth. I could not even remember my name. I mean, literally, I'm standing there. Okay, Pastor Sharon's like, who do I give the mic to? All right, so I start walking toward her. She hands me the mic. I've never held a microphone before. The interpreter steps up beside me. I've never spoken with an interpreter before. And I come to the edge of the platform with 22,000 Russian people looking at me. And I, I feel, I sense these words come up out of my spirit. I said, Holy Spirit, you better show up. Because <laughs> I got nothing to say. But here's what I learned about God that day. If you'll simply be obedient to do what he asks you to do, he'll empower you. He'll provide for you. He will do everything in, I mean, literally, all of heaven will move on your behalf if you'll simply be obedient to do what he, he's asked you to do. I spoke that first word in faith, and I promise you, I had no idea what I was going to say. I mean, I, it might have even was going to come out, help! But I spoke that first word, and the moment I spoke it, that spirit of fear left my life. And all of a sudden, I began to remember I've been with pastor so long, one of his messages, I started preaching one of his messages. And I mean, I got rocking and rolling on the platform. All of a sudden, I, I feel a, a tap on my, on my shoulder. It's Pastor Billy Joe. He said, Terry, Terry, it's my turn now. He saw, I'm not giving it back to him. I'm on a roll here. Oh, oh, sorry, pastor. Here you go. But you see, that day changed my life. Because I was connected with this church. And I was in the right place at the right time. See, I believe that's a word for you. That God is speaking. And he's sharing with you. And he's saying, what do you see on the inside of you? I promise you, there are many of you sitting here today. That there are giftings and there are talents that are lie dormant right now. They're on the inside of you. And all God is waiting for you to say is, yes, Lord, I'll do it. I'll do it. They're just, they're waiting. So many people say, well, I'm waiting on God. Actually, he's waiting on you. What is it you see? Pastor Billy Joe saw a church that would reach the world. That would reach the world. That would, that would change millions and millions and millions of people's lives. And you're a product of that. But what God, what's God saying to you right now? What are you seeing on the inside? Hey, Jay, what are you seeing at the Dream Center? Come, on. Come up here and tell them. What are you seeing? What's the Lord saying? What, do you, what is it you're sensing at the Tulsa Dream Center? Come on, everyone just close your eyes. Dream Center right now sits on 11 acres. I see us having over 100 acres. All of the houses across from the Dream Center that the Dream Center owns in order to teach family about home ownership, breaking the cycle of generational poverty. I see us building a massive warehouse where we can teach trades, special job training skills. I see a place an apartment complex for moms, single parent moms that could find safety and shelter, that'll be learned and equipped, that'll be discipled. Man, I see a hospital. Thank you, Lord. Where people can come, not just to get, not just to get physical healing, 
but spiritual healing, to get their mind renewed in the word of God. I see us teaching inner cities, not just in America, all over the world, how to be a beacon of light. That we, He said, ask for a nation. We're claiming inner cities all over the world for the glory of God. I see it, John. Jesus said, if you'll look inside and you'll see what I see, you can dream big dreams. See, you can dream. I know that pastor, when he had the vision that he, that he would change lives around the world, I was in Moscow a number of years ago with a good friend of mine, Igor Nikitin, and we were, we were doing a pastor's meeting and there were thousands of pastors in this auditorium. And Igor stopped for a moment, and then he, and he asked this question. He said, how many of you, that your life is dramatically changed, and you are pastoring today because of the ministry of Billy Joe and Sharon Doherty? 95% of that auditorium stood to their feet. They are in ministry today. They are pastoring a church today in Russia. Because of their obedience. You know, Pastor Sharon, when you start going, you probably didn't have all the money, did you? <laughs> but you just simply were obedient to do what God had called you to do and to step out. You see, if we'll just simply be obedient and to do what God asks, He will then move all of heaven, the resources, the material, the people, the money, everything that you need to carry out what He puts in your heart. You'll have that. You know, I think the other thing that Pastor had, he said, I see a church that helps hurting people just as AJ is dreaming about. And you heard already that we've given out over 2 million meals to people that have lost their jobs, people that have been furloughed. So many times the testimonies we continually hear is that this was the last meal or I didn't have any meal. I mean, we're out of food. And they've come. See, this church is responding to people's needs. You know, we, when the COVID first started and we were giving out the Dream Center and, and doing all kinds of ministry and seeing thousands of people's lives being changed because we connect the gospel with everything that we give. But I had in my heart, I said, I said, Lord, what about all the medical professionals? What, I mean, here, they're working, I mean, I'm hearing they're working 14, 16 hours a day. That, you know, the, the, really the, 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 the uncertainty that every hospital is going to be overrunning. So now you've got this fear. You've got the, all of these medical professionals. Oh, my gosh, what's going to do? And, you know, this virus is, is, is hitting, and I can't go home and even hug my kids. And I felt, what could we do to bless them? How could we help that situation? And so I called a medical professional. I was talking to a, a doctor friend. And, and I said, listen, what could we do to bless the medical professionals in our city? And she said, you know, Terry, I said, listen, I'm on my way home. I've just, I've just finished a 14-hour shift. And I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to feed my family. I leave before the stores are open and I get home after they're closed. I don't know. And I said, well, what if? I mean, this, this word just came to me. What if? That as you leave your shift, you could pick up a bag. And in that bag would be a complete meal for your family of five. All you have to do is take it home, put it in the oven for 30 minutes. And you can feed your family. She began to cry. She said, oh, my gosh. You don't know what that would do for us. I called Pastor Paul. I said, Pastor, here's the need. He said, Terry, let's do it. And we launched a campaign that we began to feed medical professionals all across our city. And we gave out over 34,000 meals. Home cooked. And we included then the, the first responders and, and feeding all of our firemen as well in that. 
And so, see, God is just, he's, he's doing these amazing things if we'll just simply be obedient. But this church is making an incredible difference right now through the families to farm, the Farmers to Family initiative. Right now, this church is coordinating between 40 and 50 semi-loads every week that are going out to churches in five states. Every week, 40 to 50 semi-loads of food is going out. They created a video out at the Dream Center to show people how to do outreach and how to minister to people. And that's been sent out to all these churches. And so we're delivering food to 380 churches, which then they have hubs and churches coming from them getting food from the semis. So well over, well over 1,000 churches are, be, are using this now to minister to their cities throughout Texas, throughout Missouri, throughout Kansas, throughout Arkansas, and throughout the state of Oklahoma. This church is reaching out beyond its borders and making an impact in thousands and thousands of lives. It also, as they mentioned, very involved in disasters. Did you know Hurricane Katrina? Victory was there. Most, most disasters, okay, I'll just give you this. Most disasters are, you know, they, they, I mean, they have all these people come in when a disaster happens. But most of them leave within the first two weeks. As soon as the media pulls out, boom, they're gone. Guess who stays? Victory Church is there on the scene blessing families. So when, so when Hurricane uh, Harvey hits, I'm sorry, the Moore tornado hits and wipes out almost all of Moore, Oklahoma, we set up a 20,000 square feet, foot air structure and made it like a Walmart on the inside and literally blessed and loaded people who had lost their homes, lost everything. We loaded them down with everything that they needed and they could come as much as they wanted and semis kept rolling and rolling and rolling in and we stayed there for months blessing and helping people. Even when the second F5 tornado came through more and took out our tent, totally demolished it. We just loaded everything up because when the tent was destroyed and it fell, it covered everything, so none of it got wet. <laughs> and we just scraped that tent off, loaded our trucks and went to an airplane hangar and just in the next day, we're blessing families. See, this church cares about people. And that was pastor's vision. That was his heart. That was his passion. Then when Hurricane Harvey hit down there on, on the, you know, in Houston and destroyed, literally, and flooded, victory was there, helping and continues to help even today that we've established such strong connections and network. We're still helping today. When Hurricane Florence hit the East Coast, victory is there, still there today. We helped them with build a, a huge, put up a big tent. We were given property there. And now you have an East Coast distribution center right on the East Coast, helping families, continuing today, as they, some of them have continued to be flooded through these storms that continue to come through there. But victory is there. They're there when the Oklahoma floods hit. You know, right here, a year ago, We've been blessing families. This church rebuilt 47 homes of single moms with kids, veterans and elderly, people who had no insurance and nothing. They lost everything. This church helped 47 families rebuild their homes. And that's talking about from sheetrock to insulation to completely kitchen cabinets, new refrigerators, stoves, microwaves, uh, I mean, everything that they needed. And then we rebuilt their bathrooms so that they could live there. We just finished the last one, but yet we continue to send food and we're continuing to bless those families as we fill up their refrigerators, their freezers, letting them know we're still here. We're still blessing you. And we connect with other churches as well to network together to be able to bless people. You see, that was pastor's vision was that we would network, that we would have our arms open wide, that we wouldn't be a city among ourselves, but that we would bring people with us 
and that we would honor and we would bless them. Right now, we have an opportunity in Mobile, Alabama. We just returned from there. And in Mobile, they've given us a 60,000 square foot warehouse to be able to sit right there on the Gulf Coast, to be able to store hurricane relief and disaster relief right there. But beyond food, th this is amazing to me how God works. They're also stocking it free of charge, free of charge, 20,000 square feet of that, and they'll continue to stock it with Home Depot loads, with Bed Bath & Beyond loads, with Williams-Sonoma loads, Restoration Hardware loads. I mean, not, I mean, not cheap stuff to be able to bless families. And then working with a number of other, deal, other stores to be able to fill that other 30,000 feet. And that will be established here very, very shortly. And we'll keep you posted on what's happening there. But we're going to need people to help us there on, the, on that Gulf Coast. But then all of those things that I just mentioned are also going to be in a warehouse here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. You see, those trucks will start rolling in. So we've gone beyond food because I believe God saw our faithfulness as a church. And we've gone beyond food, so now we're going we're gonna to be blessing and setting up homes. So, if, so working with local fire departments, a family has a fire, we can set them up with brand new tables and chairs. And, you know, the flood victims there in Avon, Oklahoma, I mean, we just had two truckloads come in there. And we, I mean, people got brand new electric recliners, leather, I mean, tables and end tables and lamps and beds. I mean, we had truckloads of Tempur-Pedic mattresses come in. Those mattresses were $3,000 each. We're giving away mat better mattresses than I sleep on. We're blessing people with them. But see, that's how what God does if we'll simply be obedient. And so here's what I want to share with you just in closing. I want you to know that as you avail yourself to what God wants to do. He's asking you, what do you see? What do you see on the inside of you? What's he saying? In Joshua chapter 6, it gives us great insight. In Joshua chapter 6, here the children of Israel are going to the promised land and they face this great walled city called Jericho. The most fortified city on the face of the earth at that time. And this is what God says. He says, now Jericho is securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see. The Lord said to Joshua, see. Say this with me. The Lord said to Joshua, see. The Lord said to Joshua, see. See, you have to see it on the inside of you. Pastor Billy Joe saw this. He saw it. AJ sees what the Dream Center will be one day. What are you seeing? The Lord said to Joshua, see. You have to see it here. Because so many times when God speaks vision to us, it will not make sense to our natural mind. We'll instantly discount it. We'll instantly say, no. So God says to Joshua, Joshua, you got to catch this because what I'm about to tell you is not going to make sense. So he, as he shares then that journey, he says, listen, I've given you its king and its mighty men of valor, but here's what you got to do. You got to go around the city for six days. You got to march around one time. And then on the seventh day, you go around seven times, then you blow the horns, you shout, and the walls are going to come down. And the city will be yours. Really? <laughs> I mean, does that sound strange to you? Am I the only one that thinks that's strange? I can't tell by the look on your face. <laughs> I mean, does that sound? Okay, it's, it's like this, all right? Let me just, let me put it this way. Let's say some land was given to us. Okay, just right down the street. And a big building was there and Pastor Paul wants to save money with the demo of that. We could save thousands of dollars if we just demo it ourselves. 
All right? So I'm going to say, while he's gone, I'm going to, let's all go after the service. Okay? Here's my idea. We're going to go down to that building, and we're going to march around it. And when I say shout, then, you're gonna, then we're going to shout, and that thing is going to demo itself and fall down. And we're going to save the ministry thousands of dollars. Now, who's with me? Dude, have you been visiting some of those other stores? That, I mean, what are you taking? I mean, would, would, would you not just like instantly, oh, that's, that's absurd. That's crazy. See, can you imagine Joshua telling the people, this is what God said? Can you imagine him telling that? then this is what God told Joshua to do in verse 10. He said, as you give the instructions to the people, forbid them to speak until the day I tell them to shout. Because he knew all, they'd start running their mouth. He knew all the things that would be said. I mean, can you imagine people walking around, they could talk. Oh man, this is the craziest thing I ever saw. Man, uh, what is this guy? I mean, you know, and then they'd just begin to peel off. See, that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to bring division. He wants to cut you out. But then they went, and they did exactly as God said, and that miracle happened. That's what God wants to do with you. He wants to work supernatural miracles in you. He's speaking to us, but we have to guard our heart. We have to stay out of strife. We have to stay out of unforgiveness. We have to stay out of anger. And we have to know that God is big enough to take care of anything that we face. We have to know that God is big enough to, that whatever we happens in our life, He's big enough. And Mark chapter 4 tells a story where Jesus got into a boat and He tells the disciples, we're going to the other side. They all get in and they're all, you know, they're out there in the boat. Huge storm arises, the Bible says. And water starts pouring in the boat. Jesus is asleep on a pillow. But it starts pouring in. And all of a sudden, I mean, literally, I mean, the, the storm is massive. The waves are huge. And our boat is beginning to sink. And the disciples said, they go wake Jesus up. And they said, Jesus, don't you even care that we're about to die? That's how strong fear is. See, when you get in fear and you get out of faith, it will begin to eat away at you and it'll erode. And you'll start looking at all the things that in the natural rather than what God's doing in the supernatural. Jesus then wakes up, assesses the situation, and he speaks to that storm. Peace be still. great calm came upon it. That's what God's saying. Peace. You need to say peace over your family. Peace over your job. Peace over the situations that you're facing. Peace over the fear that's trying to grip your heart. Peace over the uncertainty that's happening in our time right now. And you'll see the miracle power of God begin to work if you'll speak faith. And if you'll declare what God says and not what the television says. See, we have to speak peace of God. The presence of God. And take authority over that. And if we'll walk in that, we can walk in the greatest miracles we've ever seen. This is the hour for the church. It is. This is the hour. This is God's time. If we'll walk in that, victory's greatest days are ahead of us. And can I tell you something else? Your greatest days are ahead of you. That's the word the Lord told me to tell you. Your greatest hour, your greatest days are right in front of you. Guard your heart. Stay out of fear. And then the last thing. 
And I really am closing with this. I know you never believe preachers when they say they're closing, but I really am closing. I was in Lima, Peru with a pastor, a friend of mine, Pastor Bill Mickler. Used to used to direct BBI here. I think it calls it, they, call it, they call it Victory College now, but it used to be called Victory Bible Institute. So he directed that. Pastors in Indiana. He's with me in Lima, Peru. We've got this huge audit. I mean, it's this way up in the mountains. And what's interesting is Victory built that for their conferences. And we're in that. I didn't even know it at the time. And they told me that, yeah, Pastor Billy Joe built this for us. Thousands of pastors and people in it in this conference. And the pastor, the pastor Mickler's speaking, and he says these words. I mean, he, he just instantly stops. He's preaching, and then he stops. And I'm thinking, is he okay? Because, I mean, it's real awkward, you know, just to stop and just stand there. I'm thinking, well, well, what's going on? And he says, the Lord just spoke to me, and I'm to give you this word, or I'm to ask you this question. And he begins to ask him this question. He says, how many of you, when you receive Christ, and he said, if, as you think about it, when people receive Christ, many sometimes don't really fully understand everything, and, and they don't allow the complete renewing of their mind. And, and so they really just give God about 60, 70, 80% of their heart. If people are really honest, they don't give them everything. And then sometimes people that do give everything, but over the years allow that to erode and they begin to get in the flesh and they start, you know, allowing things in their life and, and it just erodes the presence of God out of their life. And so he asked him this question. He said, how many of you, your believers, I understand this is a conference, a Christian conference. He said, how many of you would be honest and you would, you would really ask yourself, and this is what the Lord said, how many of you are involved in things that grieve the Holy Spirit? That you're watching things, you're doing things, you're involved in things that you know in your heart are wrong. You know they're wrong, but you continue in it. 95% of the people raise their hand. <laughs> Pastor Mickler goes, oh my gosh. And he says to the interpreter, listen, I need for you to say exactly as I said. And he said, Pastor, I said it. I mean, I, I gave it word for word. He goes, well, I don't think they understood the question. So he, he rephrases it, and he goes through a lot longer explanation and begins to explain it. But the basis of it was, how many are involved in things that grieve the Holy Spirit? You know they're wrong. You know you're, they're, you know you're involved in things, but, but yet you continue in it, but you know they're wrong. Say 95% of the people raise their hand. And I stood back. And I heard the Lord say, that's why I cannot move among my people the way I desire. That's why I can't have the freedom. And that's why you're not seeing the signs, the wonders, and the miracles. Because my people won't give me everything. They won't be obedient. And they continue to live like the world and allow things in their life that grieve my spirit. And it stops me from flowing 100% through their life. Oh my gosh, I'm standing there. And then I heard the Holy Spirit say, that includes you. And I fell to my knees on that platform. I didn't care who was looking. I fell to my knees. And there was a move of God among that place across it. Forgive me. Forgive me of my attitudes. Forgive me of my anger. Forgive me of my just my complaining. Forgive me. And I just started going down the list as the Holy Spirit was re, re, just searching my heart. And I said, I want to give you 100% of my life. I want to be all in. The reason I tell you that story, because that day marked my life. And I have never been the same since. Because on that day, 
been Christian for years, been part of the church here, but never had that encounter, never was asked that way. And I fell to my knees and I surrendered 100% to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. My, my life has never been the same. I want you to close your eyes if you would. Because I believe that's the question that God's asking all of us right now. And he's asking that question. Would you search your heart right now? Have you given me everything? Because we're about to see the greatest hour for the church. We're about to see the greatest move of God in the history of mankind. And if you're here right now, I'm not going to bring you forward, but I just, I just want you to be honest. And the Bible says many times that when we, when we lift our hands, we lift our heart up to heaven. And if you're here and say, Terry, you know what? If I was sitting in that meeting, I would have to be one of those that would lift my hand. I would have to be, well, if I'm honest. And if you're here right now and say, you know what? That's me. But I want that to change. I want this day to mark my life. I want God. I want the fullness and 100% of Jesus in my life. I want you to slip your hand in the air right now. Say, that's me. 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 See, God sees your heart right now. He's wanting to instill his power, his vision, his word on the inside of you so that you can live the most incredible, the most amazing life you've ever experienced. My life changed on that day and I have never been the same. That's what he'll do for you if you'll be honest right now. Say, that's me. Anyone else? Don't let this moment pass by, please. God is about to do some amazing things in your life, but you have to be honest with him. Anyone else? That's me. That's me. As I fell on that stage, I didn't care who saw me. I was one of the conference speakers, but man, I knew I wasn't right. I knew there were things wrong. That's me. Anyone else? Let's all stand to our feet. And I want you to raise your hands toward heaven all over this place. And I want you to say, Jesus, say it like you mean it. Jesus, I ask you to be my Lord. I surrender a hundred percent today that this day would mark my life as I gave you everything. I surrender to you and to your will. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in my life today, right now. Change my life. Jesus, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. Come in and change my life today. In Jesus' name. Now let's worship Him. Let's worship Him right now. Let's worship Him.